good sis. I don't want to fall asleep. Boom. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. I don't want to miss a thing. Because even when I dream of you, the sweetest dream you never do, I still miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. We didn't get the yeah, 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 yeah. That's my favorite part. Now, Let's I mean, do it again. No, no, no. I did I it intentionally. We I did it intentionally. You did not. I did. I did it intentionally. Um, wow. Holy shit. Here we are, Woo! folks. You said it, bud. Uh, this is the How Goods This podcast. I'm your friend, Alan Stone. I'm here with the one and only Mr. JPGGG, son. Oh. Rattle them up. You know about one, that. two, G2, three, two Gs, dude. We got four, five. You don't got to worry about 5G with this one because we got 6G. Who wants a JP chest bump? JP6G. Who wants Come a on, chest JP6G. bump? Come on, JP6G. Don't take the chest bump. JP6G wearing an extra small shirt. I got to let you guys know that me and Zach did push-ups before this epi. I am feeling ripped. Dude, I'm feeling extra My soft. Are hard. I'm feeling extra soft and extra Pollock today. Hey. Um, we hey, are Zach. joined in the wonderful space. We're down here at Lucky You uh, because, folks, we are lucky filming. Lucky us. Uh, lucky us, dude. Lucky we. Uh, we are filming a Christmas special, and that is the, the, the guard darn reason why this beautiful human is in the studio with us, Mr. Zachary Clark. Zachary Clark, everybody. Chimney sweeps. What, what a, a pleasure. Guy. Beautiful man. Um, Zach, dude, like, I have so many things to say and feel about you all in the same moment. I feel like I'm a tornado of emotions when I look at you. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you for making the trek. You came, you drove up from Los Angeles. I did. To I be did. here. Um Make sure you're squeezing on that mic, baby, so the folks at home can smell what you're talking about. Smell it. Uh, how you doing, That's baby? a swole bowl right there yeah, from uh, Incrediburglar. Damn, dude. How Shout out it? to Incredicreds. How you feeling, baby? I'm feeling great. Feeling great. I'm at a regular temperature, you know? I'm a little so. chilly in this shirt that you've graciously let me keep. I'm one t-shirt down, I'll tell you that, Al. How many you got I left? Feel great. On me? I gave one to your wife. I gave one to JP, and uh, I probably got one left. A lady's extra medium. That's perfect. My size. <laughs> My man got merch printed. Only got three. I like that. That's economical. Just so the people that are watching know, it's not just like a like you could probably find a shirt that says "Holy shit!" at Hot Topic. Nope. You can't. No way. You can only Never find before. them in one place. Zach's van. Trashmagicgiftshop.com. Who? Yeah. Trash Magic. Is that a real Trash thing? Trash Magic, yeah. That's my website. Really? It's my shop. It's the wow. gift shop of a fictional hotel from which I disappeared this summer Whoa. on the internet. Well, I love this shirt, and it's one of your, it's your new single, and it's quite possibly... It's the best song you've best ever done. The best song I've ever <laughs> Thank heard. You. Woo! Even I asked you last night if when you make a song like Holy Shit... It, are, are you just like, oh my, I'm, like you, I'm sure you've made songs before that you're like, yes, like this is, this mm. is going to be so good. And even like, I'm not setting you up to be a cocky asshole right now, but you must have finished that song. I've been like, I mean, come on guys, this is going to be a good one. Oh, I, uh, sorry, continue. Cause then I have a question <laughs> afterwards. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's a way to 
say yes without being cocky and also invoke kind of the sentiment of, of my new friend Day Day, who Ooh. goes professionally by Stephen Day. Brunch. Um, JG calls him brunch. Um, I'd have you any time, though, to Ooh, quote George Harrison. Damn. Um, the, you know, there's something to writing songs for me that is... Uh, I I don't see myself as owning any of it. It's oh, coming wow. through, you know. So so there is a there's a lightening of the process when when I look at it that way. I can be like, <laughs> that ain't mine, and that's the shit, baby. <laughs> and so it cool. helps if if you're on a handful of mushrooms uh, by the request of your co-writer when you, you write a song called Holy Shit. See some Absolutely. some handfuls Absolutely. though are smaller than others. I got hand, you got big hands, bro. And a handful for you. I don't know if I'm gonna walk down that path. Oh, not that big. But you know, one of Julian's hands, little baby guys. It's because I bite my fingernails. <laughs> little baby guys. <laughs> Jules, I'm nervous. Jules been chewing his fingers back oh God, since the beginning my, of time. My thumbs are so nubs. for me because this is a special part about that specific song. Holy shit! New single out now. Check it out on Spotify and everywhere you get your digitalized music. Favorite. Maybe my favorite line in a song, and I'm curious if you, the song started with this. <laughs> hey, little bud. 100% did. That's yeah. how the song started. Like yeah. you were like just at the piano. You're like, but, but, but. Oh, is it, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Hey, little bud. Yep. God, I. That's why we are intertwined like a braid like a beautiful amish hair design that is braided <laughs> from the back from the top to the back a little french Damn, braid dude amish you hair and me and that's me and you dude i looked because uh uh hey i i feel like when i listened to the track i thought it was uh hey little babe but then when I looked at the lyrics and it said, hey, little bud, I knew in that moment that that's how you started the song, lyrically. Yeah, yeah. Well, the question, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to uh, paint myself into, a, into some sort of legal recourse by saying this, but I'm cool with it. If it is the case, it'd be fun to talk to these guys and work it out. But <laughs> I was at a Fish concert, my <laughs> first Fish concert Yeah, Trey's ever. a fan. Trey, shout out. <laughs> Who? VT. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who? <laughs> do you know who Fish is? No, no, I know who okay. Fish is. Tra Tra Trey Anastasio is the lead singer. Oh, you were shouting him out. Yeah, he's a fan. I thought you were saying like somebody over here, and then I was like, nobody's name. No, 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 I was looking at the camera. Doesn't matter. Close on me. 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 Shout out Trey. Next. Well, so I went to my first Fish show, which is strange to think about because I'm I grew up in Vermont. And they're Vermont you, band, right? Yeah, of course. They yeah. a couple of them I think went to my high school, not when I was there. I'm a lot older than them, ninety three years old, and um, I had never seen them before. And then my cousin Ross brought the whole family. It was like Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving last year. We all just went in on the fishy on a fish, fish show. Yep, <clears throat> you went to a physical fish show. Oh yeah, As yeah, like twenty of us. Physical fish show. Yeah. Physical fish. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember something was happening with my, my brain chemistry. I can't, I can't account for anybody else at the show. Something special was Might happening. You had 2% milk. And, I, and there was a song called Gotta Jaboo. Hey, are you saying dad or Zach? They sound the same to me. We got to work this out. Should we, just bring him, should we just bring him up? <laughs> Rudy Rocket. Hey, buddy. 
Does he want to come up for the interview? Maybe we can interview. He's trying. Him next. No, he's like, he's like Zach. As your lawyer, I can't advise you to tell any more of this story. Yeah, you'll have to split the publishing. But I had to. I, I had my little notebook there, and uh, and I remember hearing "Gotta Jaboo," and I was like, "Wow, how you gonna bloom? How did you bloom? Mm. You know?" And I wanted to explore that thought, so I just oh, okay. I put a little page in there, and. Uh, yeah, that was. I, I wanted to start a song that way. So how you how gonna you, how you gonna bloom was first. Yep. And bud was. Yeah, you know, the natural. It's beautiful. The natural thing. That's beautiful. You are such an incredible uh, arsonist. Arsonist? No, nope. no, no. Sharpshooter with words. Oh, thank you. Whenever an arsonist. I, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, there's a word nearby arsonist. Well, Firework. Like, you could be. <laughs> no, uh, you. you well, it's articulate, but like there's a... Anyways, uh, you're very good with words, Zach Clark, and I've always really enjoyed that about you. We've known each other for coming up... We were talking last night, coming up on 10 years. Yeah, something like uh, that. We met on a tour uh, in 2000... I want to say 12. It could have been 13. It could have been 11. Said not 10 positive. years ago, so 10. Rough, roughly 10 years ago. Um, 2010. And... Uh, Immediately, Kindred Spirits, a good friend of ours. I'm not sure if you remember this, but a good fen- friend of ours, maybe not a good friend, but an acquaintance between the two of us, Lauren Fennell. Do you mm. remember? I remember her. I was just listening to her brother's new record yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Same on the way up. Um, legend, shout out to Brian Fennell. Barcelona. Huge fan. Barcelona, yeah. yeah. Bartha. Still? No, 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 not Barcelona. He does a new project called Simmel, which Simmel. is dope. Uh, nice, check dude. it out. I S-Y-M-L, Simmel. And uh, Lauren introduced us. That's true. Kind of on like, FaceTime. Yeah, it was like a FaceTime situation. Wow. And we, uh, this is prior to us going out with the OAR boys. It was OAR, uh, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. And my band was coming in a third of three. You know what I'm saying? Meaning or first we of three, if you want to. 15 minutes worth of showtime. Hey, man, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, boy. 15 minutes of fame. No, you guys were arsonists, though. You were yeah. up there just lighting it on uh, fire, spraying dude. gasoline all over the stage, lighting it on fire. It was amazing. Didn't matter if it was 15 minutes. That's why you've made it so far now and have a podcast, dude, because you've done so well for yourself. You know, and I just, I, first arsonist. and foremost, I want to thank my mom. Yeah. Because, you know, she's always she's been here. there for me. And then no, also, she left. Also, <laughs> she left? Yeah. Oh, see you, baby. Zach was coming and she's like, I'm out. What about brunch? Um, uh, bringing it back home, though. Uh, we immediately on that tour were, I felt like, kindred spirits. And one of the things that I enjoyed the most about you was I felt like you were the David, David Copperfield of words. Like you would pull words out from me, this, my vernacular is overused. And folks who listen to this podcast will be like, oh, yeah, I know what, what word is coming next because Al uses this word constantly. Uh, for like the first seven episodes, I used caveat, caveat in the wrong context. In the wrong context, <laughs> and I was just popping. He was just using caveat going, oh, as tangent. Hey, uh, quick caveat, <laughs> caveat here. And I would do a thing that was not a caveat. It was a tangent. Isn't, at all. isn't caveat just Latin for word? I, there you go. You or something? <laughs> I don't know. Once again, yes, the 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 David Copperfield of words. But anyways, the David Copperfield of words. In that, isn't he a magician? Yeah, An illusionist. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, that might not have been true. I feel like you're the like Chris Angel because you're actually hot. Yeah, David Copperfield's not so hot, dude. I Some days actually, I feel David like the David Crosby. David Copperfield's <laughs> handsome is Don. 
Juan. Davy Cops is handsome. <laughs> uh, I feel like Chris Angel is like, he's the bad boy of magic. Yeah. Isn't he the arsonist of magic? He Isn't might there, be. Wasn't yeah, there some s- fire involved in that? Set some stuff on fire, makes a plane I've seen disappear. fire, seen rain. <laughs> Who would you rather party with? Uh, Chris Angel or Carrot Top? Carrot Top, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Carrot Top. Yeah, Carrot Top, dude. I would rock it hard with Carrot Top. I feel, and he's yoked these days, dude. Can you get him on the podcast? I would, dude. Hopefully, he wouldn't ask for hemp milk on his writer, and we could have him here. Let's get him. I feel like we could probably swindle him. Why not? Well, what's funny? Is what's funny is he's like one of the Carrot most top? famous, we just did. but least available. He, I don't know about. He just shows up to parties and like gets champagne poured in his face and like just rages. I think. Maybe. How, why would I know? I was gonna say actually you're just making shut stuff up, up, Alan. You, <laughs> that you shirt is it. cutting off the circulation to your mind. <laughs> Does it look good though? It's hot. One of a kind. Hot yeah. bods. So Zach, you were raised in Vermont. That's true. Um, and uh, you came to songwriting and music. It's an interesting story, and I don't know if I've dialogued too deeply with you about it because. Do you come from a musical family? Um, not, not really in the traditional sense. Like it wasn't like everybody played an instrument or we had like a family choir or anything like that. Um, but there's a there's a there's a performative, like theatrical bent mm. to a lot of my mom's family. Everyone's ah, okay. very, very open and and. Uh, Gosh, now words are going to fail me after all those compliments about my vocabulary. But you know, they're they're um, they're outgoing, exciting, just their songs in themselves. You okay. know, so I think I think I got a lot of inspiration and a lot of uh, encouragement from a really creative, really outgoing group of people. And um, yeah, no, I mean, there's there's music for sure in the family, but for me, it was just innate. I just loved it. How early? You'd have to ask my parents, and I. But I'm I'm combing through the uh, the home the home video footage right now, and nice. I'm seeing that it was really really early. I mean, wow. I kind of get chills watching some of it because I remember, you know, getting blank tapes when I was a kid. That was like my number one Christmas list yep. item. Was like fucking ninety minute Maxells, dude. The CD oh, quality. Yeah. They were black tapes. Oh yeah, yep, I know about that. So dope. Yeah, and um. You know, I I loved to just dub tapes back and forth, and I would bang on stuff to get drums, and uh, cool. I would sing nonsense syllables. But I was doing it like you know, two three years old. And your parents had bought you like what, like a little tykes recorder situation. My first Sony. It was like a red tape recorder oh, with a yeah. like yeah, a handle yeah, built yeah, into yeah, the top. Yeah. All the all the you know the buttons were different colors, and I think it had two decks. Either that or the next one I got had two decks, so that I I. Just got really excited about the idea. Well, I could sing here, and then I could sing along to no me singing. Way. Yeah. Sweet. Do you do you uh, credit your parents' encouragement of you doing that to doing it, or do you think it was like going to happen one way or another because you just needed to? I mean, I think I think I was encouraged and discouraged to yeah. a certain extent growing up, and both fueled the fire. Mm-hmm. To some degree. Oh, that's you a know? cool. Why? Because, I was going to do it either way. Because being an artist was kind of <clears throat> being like too free, free spirited and, and off the cusp, and just 
you were a rebel of some kind or why like why would no. it be discouraged no i mean my mom was Not always safe. super encouraging because i think looking back she knew that's who i was mm -hmm. what i was my dad we've we've dialogued deep into this over the years and i think my dad as as a lot of fathers especially in in that period of time that generation mm -hmm. i think he looked at me and was just like what is this kid's gonna get himself in trouble with yeah. this this hobby yeah <laughs> god yeah. forbid it becomes more than a hobby yeah i relate to that this too. is gonna be a painful painful life experience and uh and so he was not as uh fabulously um you know excited about it early on or at least outwardly so which fueled the fire a little bit more and and uh but now he's you know you guys have both met my dad. I think he's a yeah, he's, he's a regular at shows. Yeah, he he loves he loves to show up. He'll drive all over the country to see shows. So it's interesting about awesome. fatherhood. I'm a young father, and hearing you talk about the way your father potentially felt about certain branches of your personality make me think about how I feel about this protective thing that I've just inherited naturally becoming a father um but also like knowing how my father felt about my art and mm. trying to write songs and and make music for a living um did you ever like when did it when did it click over was it like you just paid your phone bill on time and your dad was like oh i guess he can pull it off or was it a slow was it a slow progression and evolution for your dad finally coming over to be like, oh, yeah, dude, where are you playing? I want to be there. I couldn't tell you. It was pretty gradual. Mm. It was pretty gradual. I mean, we, we kind of grew up together. That's how I look at me yeah. and my dad. I mean, there was, there was a point where my mom passed away, you guys know, when, when I was very young, and, and, and it became three dudes in a house. How, how, old, how old were you? I was 13, I believe, just on the cusp of 14. And what's your sibling situation, Zach? Where are you? I have, oh, I'm the oldest of two. So okay. there's just two of us. My, my big little brother, Ethan, um, was, he was 11 at shout the time. Shout out to Ethan. Yeah, shout, shout out to out. Ethan in, in Japan right now. Cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we basically, I, I joke sometimes that we got a third brother around that time, my dad. Your dad. And we all grew up together. We all kind of went wow. to went to high school together, essentially. Wow, um, but that's when it really felt like he f he figured it out. He was like, "Oh shit!" And we've talked about this. And in, in retrospect, he he was like, "Whoa, it doesn't work out the way you planned it to, and you don't get to be secure in a result mm. based on some." Uh. <laughs> yes. Where Baby Tintin. Tin. Oh, that's amazing. Rudy, awesome. Rudy on the mic. That is amazing. Shout out to Rude, dude. Somebody gave him the mic. Rude man. Um, but yeah, you don't, you know, once he finally got to that point where he was like, wow, I don't really know that I could give advice on the right, right way to do this in order for it to work out. I think we both saw strangely eye to eye from mm. 30 years apart. And that's, that's interesting. You had said your, your, your dad had talked about, um, you don't get to uh, be. You don't get to find. Uh, I'm not quoting you because I'm not remembering it precisely. Can we play but, back on that blue. Yeah, can we uh, roll that back real quick? <laughs> um, you don't find foundation in the result, but you you know you, you the result isn't um, set in stone. 
maybe is what I, I received from uh. that perspective. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be? I hope that I hope uh. we get that. Uh. Oh, jeez. Are you singing, bud? Yeah, Rudy's at, Rudy's at the cockpit right now. let people know that that's now. a child. Sorry, so let's just let's just... Let's just <laughs> you want to say something, Ru? Yeah, my son is uh, in the cockpit right now, and, and Bluto's giving him the mic. I love you, buddy. Are you leaving? All right, I love you, Rudy. I'll see you, buddy. Bye, Rudy, man. Um, to bring it back to what you had said earlier, Zach, about your dad and through the death of your mother, growing up with you and your brother... Ethan, kind of in that moment of like, you know, your your mother leaving the earth and going, wow, man, this is a new set of obstacles and 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 and, and life that we have in front of us, and you don't get to control the result, you know. I want to take it to a place that because we were talking earlier, you got <laughs> in last night, you drove all the way from L.A., and we had some really epic discussions this morning in my hot tub, and um, I'm in my artistic process like really connected to results and I'm married to somebody who is in love with the process just loves creating art loves making things loves that's where her passion lies is in the art of it and I feel like you're that same way too I I from our dialogue and from knowing you for the 10 years that we've known each other like you're very much connected to the process of writing songs and the, the community of of music and the community of playing live and being in that in that uh, cauldron so you speak of artistic expression and I'm as I'm f- looking at myself in a mirror more frequently now through COVID really connected to the result mm. and I'm curious um one, have you ever found yourself where you were like more connected to the result and did you find a way out of that? Or just have you always been, was it through like the passing of your mother that you were like, oh yeah, you can't really have any control over the result. All you can do is be present and live in the now and be connected to the process. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out day by day. And, and in fact, I think anyone who was close to me in any way in those years would tell you pretty right off the cuff that no, I was, I was infinitely attached to the result. Um, totally, um, just easily thrown off track by not having it work out quickly enough or, or, you know, making a record and realizing that like all of a sudden it wasn't going to be heard by everybody, Uh. you know, you know who you could talk to that would really spill the beans and you you ought to have him on the podcast just in general is Mike Poorman cuz you know we've Al and I have toured with with my one of my oldest friends and collaborators Mike Poorman before together but I've known him since I was 18 and at that point I had made a record in high school which I I did the whole thing in my basement and then I thought and I wonder if you've had this experience maybe we've talked about it um I thought, okay, well, there it is, my heart and soul. That felt really good to make. You know, like I had the juicy experience of mm. writing these songs while I was recording them or vice versa, however you want to say it. And I thought to myself, well, it's come time to 
See if I can borrow some money from my dad and go down to the local recording studio and make this thing official. And I swear to God, since then, and Poorman was the first person I worked with after that, um, who really made me feel like I had something to offer beyond just being a, a guy having someone else push the faders for him. Oh, cool. Um, it's been a long process to get back to the basement, if, if that makes sense. Oh, you know, like yeah. to get back to that feeling and, and remember that that is the fun of it. And no one, like a ton of people can tell you when it's done and can tell you, oh, that's good now. Mm. You've done it now. But no one can tell you when you have that feeling. Mm, and it yeah. took me 10, 15 years after that process, when I was 17, of making a record twice. The second time, just because I thought you had to do it with a professional, right? You know, to get it done. Wow, man, that's so and, cool that you, that you're uh, reflecting that on this show because mm -hmm. this whole ecosystem of this podcast, and we we have another show that you're going to be a part of. Thank you so much. What? We can't wait. Oh yeah, for you to be featured on Live at the Lodge, um, which is going to be a Live at the Lucky. Because we're going to do it here. Lucky us. Lucky us. Um, but I've had that same journey and similar feeling where uh, for so long I felt like somebody was going to show up in my orbit and in my universe that was going to just flick the light on for me. And they were going to just just walk me down the the, the red carpet of, of success and usher me into the joyous world which is... The Illuminati, and you yep. know, I'd get to smell Beyonce's hair finally. And then this COVID situation has happened, and also like a bunch of little breadcrumbs amongst you know all of the monotony monotony of of life. That's brought me back to a place where it's like I want to feel connected again to the creation of my art. I don't want to feel like I need to find somebody. To give me permission to create the thing that I can do and I used to do by myself. And that's what this whole thing is about and this whole orbit and universe of I am, me and Jules have been doing what me and Steve have been doing for the last nine months is trying to like find that center again and find that permission to just create on our own. Yeah, man, but like... I don't know, and I, I hope this doesn't sound like it's a, a dig by any means, and I'll relate it back to Zach. But you're, you're, you first and foremost have the permission with yourself to do whatever you want to do, and you're doing that stuff. But it has been interesting to watch you specifically grow and be your friend and kind of be there with you on the sidelines of all that stuff because the it's it seems like the farther you've gotten in your professional trajectory, the less satisfied you become with your process. Because watching you record tracks back when we lived in Nickel Creek, when we were 19 years old, you didn't have any pressure to do any of that stuff. You were just like Zach was in his basement making songs. And I remember seeing you, like I'd come home from some lame job that I had, and you'd turn around and be like, bro, listen to this. And it would just be this incredible song. It was like, oh my God, it had nothing to do with who was going to listen to it or how it was going to get played on the radio or what A&R person was going to like pick it up and promote it to the next big thing. And It's just about the art. It was. It was. 
and it and it's crazy. And I, and again, I don't want this to sound like a dig. I want this to be more insightful for people who are listening, who are probably artists as well. Um, like th- there has been this like separation between the love of that process as you have grown into mm. your career because you've gotten relatively far you won't say that because well i've gotten more that's what i'm saying and why i bring this up to zach is like i've gotten more connected to the results because for some reason the you had some isn't that yeah yeah, totally (laughs) yeah once you have a result then you start reference then you have a then you have a reference point and your brain and your your being has an experience and an expectation and and a what do you call it i mean it's a groove yeah you know and you want to go back to it, or at least the 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 serotonin or whatever is is primed to release when yeah, and when I, that happens. And I don't I don't want to reflect um, that I am not connected at all to the process because I, I do all. love I do love making music and I do love creating. I love it; it's a joy, but. The cherry on top that I'm always hoping is there and which will actually make or break the cake, so to speak, the artistic cake, is the results. For some reason, if I make something that doesn't get that little cherry on top, and I don't know if this is different for you guys, um, if I don't get that little cherry, then for some reason the process wasn't as gratifying, satisfying, I I'm not sure what it is, and I don't know if that's a competitive. If that comes, you know, I played up, uh, grew up playing sports, and hmm. I'm naturally a competitive person, and I don't have that in my life anymore. I don't go to the Y and like, you know, compete, and so there is this like competitive nature in my being that I think is not necessarily satisfied in any other capacity other than like the thing that I am most involved with, which is my art. But I don't think that competitive spirit or that competitive thing works well in the artistic world and realm. But um, tell that to tell that to American Idol. (laughs) (laughs) There's a winner next on American Idol. Was that what did you? (laughs) Horrible. Ryan Seacrest doesn't sound that hot. No, I I think I think in this in this moment of uh, making this whole podcast about me. No, Sorry, no, 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 Zach. no, you're not. It's coming, uh, it's coming back to full I'm, I'm just like genuinely intrigued because this morning we were talking and, you know, you've recently like uprooted your life. You've sold your home in Nashville. You made Nashville a home and, and you, you bought a house. You recorded two records there or one? That remains to be seen. I mean, there's a bunch of hard drives at your house right now. We'll see what's hey! on them. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, I quit the band that, that, led us to be friends. Yep. Um, and I feel like quit obvi- is not the right quit, term. It's not really, yeah. I mean, and even leaving jump, the band doesn't feel... train for I just second. asked the blessing of my, of my best friend if there he'd be go. down with me stepping off to the side mm. and, uh, and singing some of my songs and taking a leap, mm. you know, taking the risk without the fallback. Um, and so I, I made a lot of moves. I made a lot of leaps over the last couple of years. And honestly, I think... Again, I'll say it that that because I have not had those moments of you know uh, verification, the result moments that maybe you have had as a songwriter and as a singer, um, or just just on different scales, 
I have meditated for years with varying degrees of success on the idea that I need to find a different notion of success mm. or else I'll be very bummed all the time. And that's been really exciting. I mean, when I finished the batch of songs that occupied most of my quarantine part one from like late February to July or so, um, the, the batch that includes Holy Shit and the new single, What Better Time. Great deal. Um, I went over to Mike Borman's house down the street from mine in Nashville, and I showed up at his house. I'd shaved my head, and I'd shaved my beard. And we talked for a couple of hours, and, um, and I had played him a bunch of the songs, and I showed him the video for Holy Shit. Great video. And thank you. Thank you. My quarantine art project. My DVD. Did you do that yourself? You made that yourself? I made a lot of it. I made like, you know, a lot of animations and I just kind of sat there. I filmed myself oh, against a green big. screen and um go, go check it out. Uh it's the video for holy shit. Yep. Correct? Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool video. Um and I remember Poorman looked at me and he just said, You know who I'm looking at, right? And I was like, Little Zach at the studio at Strangeways in Burlington, Vermont at 17, 18 years old. And he was like, you're goddamn right. You're, you're the kid. You're the energy of that kid back then with the knowledge that that kid did not have, which mm. was that the process is the point mm. and that who gives a shit if anybody hears this? Cause you just had the time of your life. Like I had more fun making music this year than I've ever had That's since so cool. I was a little kid. And and I had this, I want to share this with you guys. It's, it just popped into my head that, that, uh, in one of the notebooks, I just like to keep like a little notebook, like pocket size, you know, something that I can fit in my, in my pink floor length women's cardigan <laughs> at all times. Um, and I have one of these, these little notebooks that's from the TLA in Philadelphia, one of the great venues on earth. I got a good story about that venue. Yeah. Well, well let's trade up. I got, a, I got a few myself. Um, and at one point in there, I think I was paraphrasing and borrowing a little bit of Alan Watts and perhaps some John Cage. I spent a lot of time early in the year just staring at their, their writings. And I wrote, the outlaw lovers gamble. Bet on yourself. So even if you lose, you leave with yourself so you win. So, you, you know, no matter what happens at the table, if you throw your hand down and it is your hand, mm. you win just by putting the hand down. Mm. And I think that's a day-to-day -day affirmation that some days I, I don't, you know, change out of the sweatpants and I sit there and I'm like, fuck. Mm. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't done anything with my life, you know? But most days I try to reflect on that and just be like, well, I, I get to be me mm. if I choose it's, to it's, be. It's awesome. I, I wanted to um, rewind a little bit with uh, something you were talking about earlier. We met whilst you were playing in somebody else's band, a friend of ours, Andrew McMahon. Yes. Andrew McMahon has had many successful projects, uh, originally in a band called Something Corporate, and then started a band after that called Jack's Mannequin, and now goes um, by his name, Andrew McMahon, in the, in, in the wilderness. Yep. You were playing in Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, and that's when we met. I, I want to say it was 2013. It might have been 2012. That's true. Yep, 2013. Um, I want to talk about, because I don't think this is something that gets talked about enough amongst people who are curious, 
is like being the side musician mm. in a touring band because I've got guys in my band um, who have uh, been with me for upwards of 10 years. And I, it's an interesting place to be because it feels like you're, we were talking about that this morning, it's like a, it's like a transit thing where you're, you're kind of hoping as a side musician that, especially for a solo artist, that this thing will kind of continue, but there's, well, maybe, maybe what would be better is just speak about that. Cause you, you, yeah, you decided yeah. at one point like this, I need to go do my own thing. I need to go do my solo thing. And you made, I remember kind of, you called me actually. I remember you calling me. I called you the day after. The yeah. Day I had after. like my short list of my homies that I had to call and be like, I just did a thing, man. Well, I felt really special that you decided to call me and tell me like, Hey man, I've left Andrew's, Andrew's band. I'm going to go out and do my own thing. One that takes like mad minerals because there's a safetyness in like playing in somebody else's band and especially somebody like Andrew who's been working for 20 years now. I mean, he's been doing the thing since he was 17 years old. He goes out, he tours 180 days a year and who's ever playing in his band and on that train has a supper, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's a generous arrangement. He's a he I mean and it, I think it goes without saying everyone has their their different taste or their, you know, their different go-tos with regard to music style, but Andrew is is beyond reproach as a songwriter Legend. and as a as a band leader, as a as a professional and just as a soulful person. He lives and breathes, you know, like uh like my boy Day Day was saying earlier, you know, that's the, that's what I understand to be uh, God breathed. Mm. You know, I'm a guy that didn't go to church except for a, a odd funeral or or a baptism here and there, and um, even then I felt like flames bursting from from my limbs just walking in the door. <laughs> it's athlete's foot, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of hot tubs in those days. Um, no, I. I I, st I think of it that way. Like that's a guy that you know. It was hard to leave that that vibe because I believe in my my brother yeah. so much. I believe that he believes it mm. and believes the process, mm. no matter his results. You know. But you felt at one point there was a there was a there was a why in the road, which was continue on this path, playing in in Andrew's band, or. Which is which is pretty safe, and it's a great gig. I'm, I'm getting to play behind a friend, a uh, an, an idol. You know, you grew up listening to Andrew's music. Yeah, of he course. influenced you growing up, and through your your art and your and your your sphere of songwriting, or like jump off the ship into this new world, which is tr trying this solo project thing, and that takes like monsters. Monsters guts. Well, uh, and we talked about it earlier, though. That it took curiosity. It ah. took a pure curiosity and a desire to be surprised. And that desire to be surprised could have sat there for a while, and I could have stared at the desire for a while until it turned into resentment or mm. some other mm. more shit-flavored uh, thing, you know, and. Uh, and I could see that future, and that was the why for me. And I remember, and Andrew is a, he, he'll admit, he, he has a hilarious memory 
I don't, I don't know that he would remember this, and I hope it's all right to, to say it, apocryphal though it may be, because I was drinking a lot at the time. <laughs> but um, I remember South by Southwest, right before I met you, Al, and right before I met you, Julian, um, we had played a show with Kenny Loggins on the rooftop of a, of a Whole Foods. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to K-Log. I played Shout this. Shout out to K-Log's voice. <laughs> yes, that Whole um, Foods, that Whole Foods uh, I bet, show I, was the, the tits, dude. I bet when you played it, Rick Springfield didn't say, <laughs> I, I never thought I'd be playing on the fucking rooftop of a, of a grocery store, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's good. <laughs> he was great, though. It was good. Um, but I remember being at a bar later that night, and I'm sitting next to Andrew, who at the time, it I should say, like for the first year I played with Andrew, maybe for the first two years, it was like every other gig, I was like, he's going to fire me tonight. Huh. <laughs> you know? I had that feeling because I was like, I knew exactly what I had done right and what I had done wrong, mm. and I looked up to him and mm. still look up to him and, and was like, oh, no. You know, so I really looked up to him, and we're both sitting at this bar, and chatting about all all manner of things and i just remember at one point in the blur of the you know past last call moment in the night he just goes i like you clark i like playing with you you got a seat with me as long as you'd like it Mm. but don't keep it too long wow and and i i always kept that with me like remember not to sit here if you don't want to sit here whether that's what he meant or whether I misheard him mm. or whether I made that up at some point later on. Regardless, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Bargaining. That's what you heard. Yeah. That's what you took out of that. And, and, I, and I actually remember seeing you a few years ago at um, and Andrew. and the, I think it was your guys' show together that you guys oh, were yeah. that theatrical bit that you guys were doing. Pen and piano tour, yeah. Yep. Which was awesome. And I remember, and I had always had a, a relationship to you, Zach, that was just rooted in some – I just – felt like you were the coolest guy in the in the room at, at, at any given moment and I knew you were really really talented and I knew that you were kind of like this like a like a a, a player for the other guy similarly to like one of Alan's bandmates and I remember Andrew and I'm sure you remember because he probably said it multiple nights when you guys were on that tour uh, saying to you giving you the the stage and letting you play uh, your your tune and saying this, just giving you this really, this really beautiful um, kind of tribute, and then saying, "You, you have arrived." Mm, and, wow! Yeah. And I remember hearing that and being like, "Oh man, what a cool thing to be able to hear from somebody who you might think of as an icon, or you know, just even somebody that you respect at all, just in general." Yeah, from, from anybody. anybody um, you've arrived, and and then I remember hearing you play the song. Don't just love me because you're lonely. I think it maybe was, so. It was, yeah, right? yeah. We played a few of them, but and man, it was it was it wasn't just him saying that to to an audience of people so that they could be like, oh yeah, cool. Like I'll go like play his MySpace page now and give him some views. Add me to your it top like, five. It was, it was just really true. And so when you say that about Andrew and you say that he said that to you, like don't like you're you have a seat at my table for however long you want, but don't sit for too long. Uh, it almost sounds like he was kind of encouraging you in those moments to like, you've arrived, man. Like you don't need me anymore. Like you're there. And that, I guess, 
as because you know talking earlier about reference and how you have a reference for certain things we were talking to a, an old friend who was an EMT and the and the crazier shit he saw the less crazy shit became for him hmm. so if you're going out and playing shows with thousands of people that are screaming for you and having a blast and then going back to something new for yourself and mm. having to completely rebuild like yeah, how you're was changing your whole scope for yourself mm. and and your reference changes and and that is the permission that you need to give to yourself to be like i gotta manage my expectations of what is going to happen hereafter and i have to really buy into this decision that i'm making mm. because i have spent a long time getting exactly what i want and mm. now like I can't expect that to be the same thing. Yeah, but I think that was the bargain. Like, that was exactly what I wanted was to be surprised mm. and to have that confrontation. I think there was a point, and I think we've probably touched on this just in the last 24 hours, catching up a little bit. Like, I, at a certain point, I had not cut my hair or, or, trimmed my beard for years and years and years. Yeah, you look like a wizard. And, and I felt like I needed to step out of that role, whatever that meant or whatever that was um, weighing as a part of my persona or a part of my performance as a human being. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen when I get rid of this, but I have to know. And it was the same with the band where like, dude, I mean, it, took me until I was looking back on some of the gigs we played to even consider that I had wildly and vastly surpassed any of my wildest dreams. You know, like I, yeah. I played in front of 70,000 people opening for Billy fucking Joel. <laughs> and then the next morning I was bummed cause you know, I hadn't, hadn't finished this you know, song that I was working on in the way that I wanted to, or, you know, I threw my back out, you know, just like yeah. silly things keep you a human mm. through those, those processes. And, and it doesn't solve anything. There isn't a click moment. Mm. So that was definitely that, you know, to, to tie it back that my dad was pretty stoked about that. See my dad watching <laughs> Billy and the band BJ. singing, moving out oh. and just like standing there at like, Cleveland Stadium, just freaking out. Um, but I think, you know, to your point, I, I love that memory. And I, I remember that now. I hadn't, like, thought of it in a while that mm. Andrew has said things like that to me over the years. And I'm, I feel grateful that I've personally gotten those statements from a guy that I love that much as a friend and as a, as a creative force. I love almost as much the the ability that I now have, like that I have in my arsenal, this this easy to wield magic wand and and set of terminology and 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 vocabulary of just telling my friends how much I love them mm. and and tapping them on the shoulder when I notice them being themselves really vibrantly and being like, yo, that's what you do. Yeah. And, and to, to hear that from someone you love, like, and you experience this and you have those, those moments with Rudy, I'm sure like 
man, what a cool thing to get to look at someone every once in a while. Even if you're not thinking of it specifically, to just look at that little dude and be like, hey, just so you know, you're the man. Look what you just did. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And that's, you know, there's a gray area there where you don't want to, none of us want to be stuck, defined as one thing, and you don't want to, you know, cast your friends or your family members in stone, but um, it's a really special power to wield. And that's something that I think Andrew has instilled in me is, is to look at your friends and be like, I see you and I see you being you. And, and I feel blessed and inspired by the fact that you're being you. Yeah. Prior to this visit, you, you talked about it before you hadn't, you hadn't shaved your beard or cut your hair for a while. It was years. It was an identity. You, you had a, you, you looked like a wizard for at least a good four years. And I I have so many fond memories of you because you're an incredible encourager. Amongst all of your traits and amongst, um, amongst all of your, um, you know, on a video game, right? You look at the stats and it's like velocity, nine, <laughs> height, but speed, four, 14 feet. You know, like you as on the encouragement platform and uh, plateau, you are at a 11. You are one of the greatest encouragers I've ever been around. Julian, you're the same way. And um, when, you, when you had a beard down to your belly button and hair down to your ass cheeks, your encouragement for some reason held this weight <laughs> that was so, so much hard. more. It was like I, it, uh, I felt like Frodo. <laughs> And you were was the guy with the <laughs> we don't staff. know the movie well enough. Gandalf, Gandalf baby Gandalf yeah. baby I felt so no just Gandalf comma baby well baby Gandalf <laughs> that was that was uh, were, baby Lord were of the baby Rings baby Gandalf in my life Jim Henson's so baby many, Lord of the Rings yeah. for so many wonderful moments I I remember a moment when we were out on the road together and uh, I don't think it was the OAR trip it might have been but you. Uh, you came back from, you know, a night. It was during the summer. And um, we like to have fun. And I believe you had, met a, a, you had met a beautiful, wonderful human that evening. And, and, and you guys had an experience together. And you, you came back the next day. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and as it is, we were at breakfast. And we had this thing for many years. <laughs> After this trip, actually. Because we, we like to tie one on. You know what I'm saying? We like to... Oh, yeah, you know what I'm you saying? Listen, I, I, I smelled what you're stepping in before you threw the bottle on the ground there, Stone, but um, thanks for putting a, and, and a every bow morning, on it. Every morning at breakfast, we, you know, we'd kind of go our separate ways at night and we'd come back together. You, you were living on one bus. I had my own bus. Not my own bus, but we, you know, I was on my own bus. And uh, <laughs> we'd come back into breakfast and we'd go... we go... Clark... I don't think I can party tonight. <laughs> and there's no fucking way I can party tonight either, Stone. I don't think I can ever party again, and I'm not sure I'm cut out for being a professional musician to boot. I tied one on last night, Zach, and I don't think I can party tonight. I signed a goddamn lease on a Hyundai Sonata, <laughs> fucking one in the morning, at Bob Sherman's Auto Mall. 
I had my dad co-sign on an Enterprise rent-a-car franchise, and I don't know why. We had many moments like this, and you had a night with a with a wonderful lady, and we came back huddled around probably a fruit salad and maybe a waffle or something. I said, Clark, dude, what happened last night? Come on, spill the beans, bro. And you go, yeah, man, she was awesome. It was cool. You know, we were, we were, we were connecting, and then she looked at me. And she says, Zach, don't just love me because you're lonely. <laughs> and my eyes got about as wide as my forehead, which is large. And right then we wrote this tune. That's true. Or at least the chorus. Yeah, well, well, that's how I like to write songs. You know, like that's, you get the seed there and then you work on it when, you're, when the mics are set up. And this song, so we, we wrote it all right we will on Live will. at the Lodge. Check oh, it yeah. out. Tune in. I just tune, want, I, I'm just eager to hear it in this moment, but that's okay. Tune in to Live at the Lodge. Can We're going to tune in to Live at the Lodge, and, 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 and Zach <laughs> is going to play this tune. But Don't make me do it. What's awesome about it is that I feel like you called me. It must have been like 18 months later. Well, I think we cut that record that fall. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because you called me later on after I had like forgot that moment. Because all we did was write the chorus, or I think. Yeah. Like, but we were. Just love me cause cause you're lonely. Got it. You could be my one and only. Got it. Keep if you're serious, then show me. Yeah, that reverb really does. That reverb's hot, son. Thank you, Cape Cape. Um, yeah, but we, we, but in that moment, we, I don't know, we, we just freestyled back and forth and those were the lyrics. But that's what we were doing. Like we, you know, we had a hit song that summer, Cabin Sex. I don't know we if you remember. We forgot about Cabin Sex. I didn't put it on the record, but you know, I thought that was interesting when uh, Day Day was saying earlier. Oh, cabin yeah, Sex, cabin dude. Fever. We were saying we, Cabin we, Fever. I was like, yo. What? Cabin Sex was almost like our version of Snoop Dogg's classic hit sexual, sexual eruption. eruption yeah and we made we made uh album artwork for cabin sex you, you did this? i i won't take the I remember you guys doing that. andrew took the picture yeah and then you you made the what joy but i remember you calling me a long time after we had just had this moment it was just a night yeah it was just a night and it was for a half an hour we was just, I think that's a chorus. Let's see. You're like 12 months later, Stone. Hey, it's Clark. What's your publishing name? <laughs> what? Why? Because I finished that tune, Don't Just Love Me. And hearing it come out, like what, what a joyous moment for me personally, oh, yeah. hearing just kind of like, I don't know, when you, when you love people, and you hear those people talk about things that you've experienced together. This happens with me and Jules all the time. He'll reference this thing that happened that we did together. We experienced together. And when when somebody reflects an emotion from an experience that you had together that was kind of mirroring to what you experienced, and it's like cemented in time, specifically like immortalized in a song or in a story... It's like this, this kinship, and this like this bubble happens. That uh, <laughs> I'm transfixed. That same for those of you listening and not watching. <laughs> I, sorry, I, I just I just you got the bubble I think guppies. Ultimately, I want to say thank you for finishing that song, man, because Dude, I feel truly, connected to you a in a song. really special way. 
not only from our history, but mm. like the fact that you finished it and that I get to have like for the rest of my life that 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 thing. That but that's thing with the, you. But that's the thing. Yeah. I think that right there is a perfect way to go kind of circle back to the evolving love and practice of loving the process awesome. because totally. there are moments and I, I find myself not often these days, but well, especially not these days, given these most unprecedented of times in which we are living. Um, you know, if I collaborate with somebody and there isn't an intentionality to the collaboration where like, you can't look at someone and go, we're doing this because we care about each other mm. and we, you know, we have the capacity to weave a magic spell mm, into yeah. this song. You know, like when we wrote Holy Shit, me and my friend Sid, uh, who have, you have not met, I don't think, Julian, but uh -huh. Al, you've spent an, an evening with Sid. And, Quality uh, folk. Yeah, I mean. You hang out with a lot of tall people. I gotta, see, I gotta see eye to eye with you, baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people I've met through you are giants. Interesting. Um, well, I meet a lot of my friends at like the, the ICU when we're all there with ice packs on our heads from <laughs> yeah. smashing our heads yes. on, on doorways and low-hanging chandeliers and shit. Um, no, but there was an intention set half facetiously at the breakfast table with his two amazing daughters like throwing gluten-free pancakes across the table at each other and and uh no they were perfect uh ladies of the of the table but i remember looking at sid and being like let's write two a day between pick up and drop off at at daycare and let's like let's do this for this look at this beautiful family let's do this so you can keep doing this and mm -hmm. we can keep doing this and um does the spell work i don't fucking know i hope you all listen to the record and you know buy, buy the t-shirts because maybe that'll help but but like the spell is in and of itself something really special to get to invoke and that's what finishing a song like that feels like it feels like being like well I, stone's not here right now but he is because i'm gonna sing it so yeah, you know. Well, I I felt it was a gift for for me personally when you called me and told me, ah, finish that tune. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be like forever more connected to Zach because he put the effort forth to finish it. Right? We had that moment together, and you took the time to to you, you took the time and the effort for that piece, which to me is like one of your best tunes ever. Go check it out. It's called uh, "Don't Just Love Me." Um. But yeah, I felt like I, I felt like I got one. I felt like I hit the jackpot in that moment where I was like, "Wow, I, I really didn't do much heavy lifting in this in this sense, uh, but will forever uh, be able to remember that moment between the two of us." I, I feel like we were out, we were at the catering line or something, and we just broke into this moment together. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's a song, man. That's a. Uh, that's super cool. I want to come back to er, an earlier moment we had. You mentioned the TLA. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Jules, you may not remember this because this was back in your in your drinking days. Um, but we all met at the TLA because Jules came. Jules met you at the TLA. What? Yes. 
I don't even know what the TLA is. So the TLA is a is a venue. <laughs> the Theater of, of the Living Arts. Theater of the Living Arts is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Jules had there. been living in New York for maybe six months. He had decided wow. he decided I on a we whim. Met before New York. On the OAR tour. Look, I mean but, I was drunk. So was I. Yeah. It it wasn't. I'm telling you. First and I could be backing up because this might have been prior. This might have been on a Jack's Mannequin tour. This might have been prior to you actually being involved in the Andrew McMahon camp. Maybe so, yeah, because I don't think we would have hit the TLA on that tour. We would have just we just put on our leopard print robes at the Hotel Monaco and had a day off <laughs> from, the, from the amphitheaters. <laughs> Crazy enough, I'd still like to tell this story because it's very please, special. Please, no, please. Heart. I remember I invited Jules to this show. He's my best friend. I'm like, hey, man, I'm opening for this band. We're playing out in Philly. You should come. And Jules and I, we like to rip and roar, so we were both having at it. And uh, I come down the stairs of the TLA, and you've been to the TLA. It was built in the early 1800s, so every hallway is like for a person who's four foot, foot three. Oh, I've gotten a lot of concussions oh, there. Many concussions, and we're hunching down the staircase. There's nine staircases to get from the green room to the stage. And I get down the staircase... To happen upon my best friend stripped down to his underwear <laughs> doing push-ups. Oh. Next oh, next to kinda. our agent at the time, Josh Humiston. Woo! And he is Was he having, doing push-ups? Humiston is not doing push-ups, but Julian is having a push-up contest with himself. <laughs> Did Side you think stage. Josh was next to you doing he's the a, push-ups? He's a beefy guy, so was I was jo- just like, come on, bro, throw down. Let's I see what you got. Came down going. What in the fuck are you doing, Julian? <laughs> Josh said he's going to represent me if I can do enough of these. Yeah, I need acting support. So, so this is Julian's attempt at like making friends, which is always a very charming thing that he does. Later in the evening, to top this off, okay, that happened at the TLA. Yeah, I wish I was, was there. A pinpoint fuck. for me. We're at our hotel room. There's probably nine of us in the hotel rooms. Me, Jules, Jowers. Jowers tour managing me at the same time. Oh, Laura's shit. A wonderful yeah. significant other. And uh, Julian is, I mean, we're, we're on one. We're like young. We're in our early 20s. We're, we're, we're in Stephen Day night's age. We're ready to rip one out. Brunch. And it's three, day day. In, three in the morning, and we're, Julian's like, you guys? <laughs> now, granted, he had just moved to New York and had literally $15 to his name. Not even. You guys, I'm ordering some pies. <laughs> Maybe make seven calls. Nobody's at three in the morning. Finally, gets somebody who's gonna order some pies, dude. We're like, we're all like, ah, ah, pies. Orders fourteen <laughs> large pies <laughs> to a room full of six people. Oh my god! I'm going for it. Uh, you know, he's on one, right? He's pumped. He'd been in New York for six months. He hadn't seen any of his friends. He was re- he's just revving it up. <laughs> Passes out ten minutes later. Has not a single Ooh. slice of this pizza. Ooh. We wake pay. up the next morning, ten more pies left. <laughs> we didn't eat any of it. But um, uh, it's he's a still paying it down. <laughs> he's still paying it down. Still yeah. paying it down. Yeah. Um, on credit. But he's worked it off, dude. Because check it out with the holy shit tea, bro. He's Look wearing it. He's all. you know oh, I love threads. Threads by Trash Magic Gift Shop. Body by Peloton. Ooh, yeah, let's get some sponsors. Them in this lovely place. lady lungs. Let's get some sponsors. 
Body by Modelo and Peloton. Yeah, seriously. Lately. Just saying. And uh, Incline Cider Company. Why don't you give me some more? Somebody. So what's next, Zach, after this? Like you're kind of on a wandering on. trail and path right now. Uh, you, you've sort of uprooted your life from Nashville, and the, the world is your oyster. You have um, the ability to go and be and exist anywhere. Do you have an angle, or are you just kind of just floating? I th- the angle is, is uh, the desire for surprise. You know, the desire to test my own calm in the face of complete willing uncertainty. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I mean, this is one of those things, you know, I left my house, I, I signed power of attorney over to some title attorneys in, in Nashville, like a month and a half ago or something like that. And in, in advance of, uh, of a guy buying my house and, and wandering in there and, and, living in it. And, uh, and when I wandered West, I don't think we had made this plan. We had maybe chatted a little bit about doing something, um, with regard to the podcast or just making some music. And man, it was amazing to see things just happen along the way. People with ranches who let me park my van there and kind of live remotely for a little while. Um, uh, uh, super fan who's become a super friend who had me play in um in his backyard in a totally amazingly socially distanced masked outdoor show mm. with a bunch of people that that I had not met shout out to Will by the way he's shout amazing shout out to Will um and then at the same time I you know our buddy Andrew hit me up and was like hey why don't you open these shows in Austin Texas and play some of the new music so um I'm without expectation for what comes next, but I know I'm, I feel really, really uh, excited just to plant myself somewhere, if temporarily, and, Spokane. and put some microphones up and make some music. Accepting doing, applications. We're doing it. <laughs> well, we've got two um, job requests in uh, via. Um, the county of Spokane and the state of Washington for the glorious Zach Clark to stick around as long as possible. Yeah, um, I got a stocking for my chimney with your name ooh. on it. Merry Christmas, baby. Yeah, you know woo. I gave the greatest gifts. Merry <laughs> Christmas, baby. Get a superstar. Um, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, Zach, you're like, there's been a theme, a th- kind of a through line of this whole conversation about uh, kind of process, right? And um, you seemingly have figured out how to experience the process and appreciate the process and kind of just respect it mm. uh, for yourself in your experience. Um, and it's it's such a testament to who you are as a person, and it's really cool to get you to come out here and talk to us. Because Alan and I, I don't know, man, like we're we're, we're just always try- there's so much inspiration to get from the people that we get to have on this thing, and you forget, you know, you forget to to enjoy your own process, and it's yeah. it's so interesting because <clears throat> even as I've like listened to you guys kind of reminisce, because your your relationship to each other spans farther than than mine does with with you two and I think uh, hearing you guys talk and, and you're obviously both in the same profession about uh, your experiences and what's meant the most to you it's mm. it's really it's really kind of peculiar how 
none of the results yeah. seemingly mattered at all. Like mm. you, you like you played for Billy Joel, and the and the and the poignant part about that show was your dad ripping and roaring up on stage. Like you guys wrote this epically wonderful song, but. You were talking about getting a Dodge Caravan at the <laughs> local dealership, and you know it's just like that's that's what you remember. Oh, Those are these moments that you like hold to your heart. And there's not been one point in time where you've been like, "Yo, how much did that like mm. don't just love me because you're lonely?" Song like make how much? Well, nothing. Well, yeah, <laughs> but like even if it did, like we could sit here and talk to yes. Alan, like, "Hey, dude, how much did rate? How much money did you make from Radius?" Like, God, that's so. F- cool or that sucks or whatever that's just not even like a topic it's not even even it's not even the language that i want to speak you know it's the language that the landlords need to speak and certainly the bank was interested to take the direct deposit every month when i was living in my house yeah and um shout out to my bank for accepting that wire transfer (laughs) walking around money for your boy (laughs) Chase, chase 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 um but, <laughs> but, but I think it's like the language that I like to read and learn from is, and, and what I would call my um, definition of the great spirit is the process. Yeah. And I think that's, if I'm not projecting this entirely, what Stephen Day was saying to you guys in, in the prior podcast that... Um, that God or whatever you want to call the animating force of humanity and, and all animated life, you know, at at life in general, even if it doesn't really seem to move, um, it's a process like a tree is not really too worried about like what's going to happen in the next 10 years because that thing is not going to do shit in 10 years Mm. if it survives at all thousand years maybe some cool shit's gonna happen you know and and i'm really i'm in that zone these days really gratefully because i've spent a long time in my life just being like when's the answer gonna happen when is someone gonna show up and just be like here is your record deal here is your here's your room full of adoring listeners here, you know, and that, mm. that lost its allure very quickly. And, and the, the shine was never there on, on a dream like that. And it, I'm lucky that it only took so long to get back to a place after years and years of, of wishing for a result to realizing like you make the result. Like this to me is, is the result. We, the result call, is the process. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You call your friends and you say, like when you're thinking of somebody, you say, hey, I was thinking of you and would you want to do something? And I loved hearing last night that, that your connection with Stephen Day came from a mixture, <laughs> of, a mixture of technology and it's weird algorithmic whims sending you some songs through your Sonos. Shout out to Sonos. Shout out to Sonos. Spots I could use. Guys. I'll tell you what. I could use some Sonos speakers in my van. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Hey Siri, turn on Stephen Day all day, all every day, and, day. and uh, and through that mixture of technology and intention and like a devil may care. Who gives a shit if this person doesn't think this is funny? He's maybe not my people 
kind of attitude of like, here's a note that I can't take back, mm -hmm. you know, let's see what he says. And it's funny as fuck. And there's a soul in that humor and it hits you right where you desire to be hit. Not because dude was trying to hit you in that place, but because that's where he's coming from. Mm. And then you really find cool, common ground if you're acting with authenticity. And then maybe that shit is, that's, that's spirit. That's you know? God. That's God, I think. We found God. I think um, that was, I found God. In the <laughs> Keep it going. I don't know this one. Isn't that a song? Isn't that the frog? No, you just made the it. Tune? Or maybe. At the corner of. What if God was one of us? Job like one of us, <laughs> trying to fly my way. God is great. <laughs> <laughs> he is, dude. Shout yeah, 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 yeah. Is that Paula, Paula Cole? Who rocked that? Joan Osborne. Joan J. Osborne. I, I'd like to. I'd like to bring it. <laughs> Nat King Cole. <laughs> Kisas, kisas, kisas. I'd like to, I'd like to bring it back to that point, Jules, because I don't know if anybody's laid it out for me like that, the way you you just did, in your reflection of my dialogue about only caring about the results, but the results that I actually reflect are the process. Mm. Yeah, and I've never had somebody like just flatten it out in two dimensions and put it on a plate and serve it to me like that, and that was like. Wow, I've never thought of it like that, but you're right. All the things that I remember, all the things that I take with me and care about when I go to sleep at night are a part of the process. Yeah. I, I've never, maybe I have, and if I have, punch me in my kid. Been like, <laughs> punch me in my kid. <laughs> not Rudy in like my kids, you know, my nuts. Uh, I've never gone, oh, yeah, man. You know how well I did? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm always I'm always I'm adverse to like talking about achievement, kind of. I don't, and maybe my friends would tell me like, no, you're not. <laughs> but I feel personally like uncomfortable talking about things that I've had the opportunity to do. The things that I'm very comfortable at doing are talking about the moments I've had during the process, and so um, that reinforces even more so my truth, which is. The process is the point. The process is God. You will find the deity in the process. And, uh, you know, I just, I just want to thank, thank the Lord. I'll say it. Full face, dude. Amen. Full front. Say it. Can you get a tight on me, Stevie Baby? I will thank the Lord. What's a good song we could For sing you, about uh, that? Uh, if Jah had a face. I was going to sing Wide Open Spaces. <laughs> By the Dixie Chicks. I, mean, I feel like, I feel like there, there, is a, there, is a good, there is a good spiritual song that we could plug into this moment, but I think I would just like to reflect that um, I'm very thankful for you, Zach, and, and your being and your life and your universe because I've learned a lot from you, whether you like it or not. Oh, and, I love it. He hates it. And, uh, and um, 
and I'm so glad to have you in my orbit and in my world, and I can't wait to see what the what the next week and a half has because we're about to just dive into this weird project that I know the process is going to be what we take oh away from it. And oh go, yeah, not not the amount of tickets or buy the tickets. Beer, buy the tickets. God damn it, yeah, Allenstone.com, Allenstone.com, live at the lodge slash Patreon. Seriously, get yourself get yourself a holy shit T-shirt over at TrashMagicGiftShop.com. You can watch the record. Go to Spotify.com. I'll sell something. Sonos. You don't buy three things after this podcast. Miller Lite. Come to your house. I'll shave my pubes off and send them right to your house. I will spit in your bushes. You don't buy my shit. Um. The process is what what we're gonna come back to and really and remember and that's what's gonna warm my heart and actually be the trophy of of all of these endeavors that we get into. And Jules, thanks for the reminder of yeah. that because that was really poignant for me in that moment, even even if you you, you don't realize how powerful that was. I'm still kind of reeling from that reflection of of my universe um but zach thank you so much for being on the show for being here i can't wait to to play your tunes and to do some live at the lodge with you oh man um uh you're a legend um where can people find you where can people follow you and and patronize what you do and keep up with what the world of zach looks like uh you can well you can text me at uh at 802-444-8873 and I will respond. Sometimes I'll send you a note and let you know when, when new music's coming out. But um, you can follow me on, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Just I am Zach Clark is, is me on Instagram. And I think I'm just, I think I am Zach Clark on, on, on Twitter. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, dude, just I appreciate you in, in those same ways. I mean, and, and you as well, Julian. I mean, we've... We've seen each other in these pivotal moments along the way, and those pivotal moments to me are moments like, I think I met Julian on your bus one time, and he said something so outlandish to me that I can neither recall nor could I respond in the moment. And I was like, yeah, kind of like how I met good old Stephen. Yeah, he's over a powerful. Here. He's and a powerful bulldozer. No, but you know, and that reminded me, and it over the years it challenged me, even just in memory of that moment, to broaden my capacity for improvisation and my enjoyment of not knowing what was going to be next in the conversation Mm. to almost continually be ready to prove that I'm a human and not a robot by virtue of a non pre-programmed response. Awesome, man. So what a, what a wonderful way to end and a bunch of, of, of improvisation, which has been, uh, this, this last hour. Um, Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Jules. Uh, we love you, bud. You are always welcome in Spokane. Hopefully, uh, for some unfortunate reason, uh, your van goes kaput, and you have to stay here for much longer than you anticipate. Uh, we'll you sold me that van, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, hours ago. <laughs> um, thanks again. I'd like to finish the podcast once again, coming back with... Um, what if God was, was one of us? us? Ding, 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 ding. What would you ask if you had to? Just one question. One question. Yeah. 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 God is good. Your mic sounds like real man. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. God is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what if God was one of us? One of you 
Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Goods This Podcast. You be safe, stay safe, and wash your hands. Wash them. Uh. Jesus and the saints. (laughs) Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire live at the lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge.